0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Working Man's Honest Bicycle Program. It's been a little while, we've taken a little bit of a break, but we're here, we're ready to talk about bikes and bike-related
1: things. We love those things.
0: We love those things. I'm Greg, and I'm talking to my good friend, Matty, over in Minneapolis. Hey, Greg. Hey,
1: hey, how, how, how you doing? Um, I'm good. It's, uh... Over here in the central time zone, it's morning time, and so I'm drinking myself a nice little cup of iced coffee. My ice is already melting. It's a hot day outside.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, it's uh, true. It is, it is unusual that we're recording on on Saturday morning. I, I don't know. We've got, instead of uh, listeners, regular listeners may know that we often are recording uh, in the evening, or they might not know that, but they probably know that we are Often cracking open uh, adult beverages to keep by our sides as we record, and that would hopefully lead you to the conclusion that it's evening. But it is morning. However, <laughs> um, there's do not despair. Uh, we are we are drinking our coffee, and uh, caffeine, like alcohol, is a psychotropic uh, drug. So we'll see what it does. I think it'll wake us up. Yeah, actually yeah yeah. Well, that's one of the things it does.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> maybe that's <laughs> maybe that's enough said on on that. Uh, right. So we've been away, and I, I think that we've got um, I don't know maybe some interesting things to share because I've been just doing my regular boring life and all. So whatever, but. Uh, Mario, uh, you took a bit of a field trip.
1: I did. I took... I just got back... uh, I say just. It was a week ago at this point, almost. I got back from Los Angeles, where I was racing the track cycling national championships at the Velo Sports Center at the StubHub Center. I'm trying to be like proper about using the right... uh, Sponsor name because I know that it used to be the Home Depot Center and it used to be the ADT Event Center before that. Uh, wow! But I, That's I think good I think the name is the Velo Sports Center at the StubHub Center. I'm not sure what StubHub is, but I think you know they're a sponsor of a big. I'm going off into the weeds already. They're... The
0: larger the larger point <laughs> maybe, is that
1: <laughs> hold on, let you... me just pour, let me pour myself a little bit more coffee already. Yeah, you
0: might need some more of that. <laughs> the, the larger point, of course, is the value was off. Uh, Going fast and turning left amongst some of the bestest of track racers in the United States of America. Yeah,
1: that's that's more or less accurate. And this was, uh, this was a trip that, you know, I've been planning all year. Uh, this is my second time going to elite track nationals. The first last year was um, a, bit a, a bit of a clusterfudge. Mm-hmm. Um, it's difficult, and I can go into why. But this year, um, you know, I, I've been really motivated to train very hard. And it's all sort of based on the idea of like, all right, you know, I want to I start the season really fast. I want to, you know, hit these goals and I want to have a really good crack at elite track nets. And what that meant for me for having a really good crack at it wasn't, you know, I want to be in top form so that I can, you know, win a medal and this and that. Like I just wanted to be in the best shape. I've ever been in and have some really good races where I knew that like I was I was doing just about everything that I could to to be there and to race my bike uh, I think that you know track is a little bit of a smaller racing than some others and, and road and cross and um, uh, it, it's easy to feel like a little bit a little bit closer to the top of the sport but i still you know had no illusions that like i was going to come away with this with like a you know a medal in a mass start race or a podium or anything like that um just because like i know how how devastatingly fast the best guys in the country are and they are just so devastatingly fast
0: yeah any any i mean (laughs) i don't i don't (laughs) currently anyway uh working on it I don't race at a particularly high level locally uh, my myself, but even so, you know, you always know that even if you're super fast uh, locally, there's just any number of people, you know, across this great nation who are just, it's insane how much faster they are uh, than the really good local riders. Yeah. Like it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty, it's, it's hard to reckon with.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, I almost think of it as like this this pyramid, but that doesn't actually describe. The, you know, like you you can get closer yeah. to the top of the pyramid, but it's still very much uh, above you. That doesn't really just oh, yeah. very. It's not a very good visual <laughs> description. But for some reason, my brain is always like, "Oh, it's just like a pyramid." Um, <laughs> stupid brain. <laughs> and and for what's it good for? It was screw that thing. And you know, on on the top of that pyramid, uh, domestically for track racing, is a nice young man named Bobby Lee, who went to the London Olympics, went to the Beijing Olympics, and uh, is going to go to the Rio Olympics, barring anything of a disaster. Uh, and for the past couple of years, he's just been on on really ripping form on a sort of very big developmental arc. Um, he's he's he has like a jillion national championships, of course, but. Um, he, he's really taken a leg up, uh, and he got, uh, think I think he won a medal in a world cup and he won a medal at the, in the world championship scratch race this past year. If, if my memory is not mistaken, which occasionally it can smear a couple of things together, but, but yeah, when sounds right. Yeah. He got, I, I'm pretty sure he got third place in the scratch race at the national, at the world championships. And that's like, that's a big deal because that's, uh, uh, it's a big race.
0: Yeah, I, I, and I don't know too much about... I don't really follow track racing that closely because, you know, I don't. we don't have a track around here. It's not something I do. Mm-hmm. I'm not, you know... It, it seems like I need to, like, do a discipline in order to really get into it. Sure. But uh, my understanding, it seems like Bobby's the k- kind of guy who has always been incredibly talented and, and super fast, but um, may, may have in the past had, had difficulty with um, really uh, knuckling down to the kind of really training to his his potential but in the last couple of years he seems to have have found that and uh is now at you know very much international class uh level racing so it's it's pretty exciting actually because he he was always he was always talented but he he wasn't he wasn't really doing a whole lot in the international scene if i recall but um man the last that's, couple of years
1: yeah that's pretty accurate and and i mean you know he he was always racing internationally and you know you know when you like when you root for someone who you think is kind of like uh, middle middle of the the tier at the level that you're racing and you know so I I would like you know be be following Olympics World Championship and you're just like I I remember this one time a bunch of years back like when Bobby was like trying really hard to take a lap in a points race and it was sort of like late in the race and it was his, his crack at a result and he got like pretty close and then and then you know didn't didn't finish the lap and it was a bummer but but that was that was sort of the level and then I, I guess the story with him is that um, after the London Olympics I think he got like 10th in the omnium or 12th in the omnium or something um, the international omnium is six events in track cycling it's a scratch race and elimination uh, which is every rider every, the, the last rider across the line has eliminated every other lap um, core cool race the four kilometer pursuit uh the kilometer time trial kilo the flying lap time trial and then a points race and so you earn points person with the most points at the end of the six events wins the omnium very difficult it's a very sort of it's a it's a very very much an endurance affair it's six events over two days of racing um and and then there's a sort of a, an interesting combination of endurance and sprint skills that's required yeah um so yeah he uh I guess his story is you know he had uh, a respectable result at London. He came back and he was like, all right, I want to like go to Rio and like really do this and so there's there's this article floating around about this and you know he he works he started working with a new coach who was like, oh my gosh, are you kidding he's he's never done more than two workouts a day like wow <laughs> we, we bump this up and we can really start to make some progress. <laughs> uh so you know i i remember i remember remember noticing this when um after what happened like like after the national champ so he was fast for the national championships last year and then there was this domestic event the los angeles grand prix in like november and i remember like looking at his pursuit time at that and i was like holy crap what the hell just happened and then he went to the next like track world cup and just like just destroyed it yeah, and I, it was like, oh, this whole like, like Bobby taking a step up thing, like that's serious business.
0: Yeah, yeah. So basically, this is this is essentially, uh, <laughs> and you're you're racing in fields with him,
1: right? Yeah. So that, bringing it all back home is 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 yeah, like he's he's there. Going to track nats is is always basically saying like, all right, like gonna go race with Bobby, and I. I'm aware of uh, being being in a bike race with a rider of that caliber for me isn't like, oh, and then I'm going to like attack him and like stay away from him. Like that's not, that's not what's going on. <laughs> this is really kind of an, uh, being able to say like to my Nana, yeah, so I was in this big bike race and like this is someone else who was in it and isn't it cool that in cycling you can do that? I mean, you can't like, you can't say like, oh, yeah, you know, I was just, like, playing around in my softball league and then um, Derek Jeter was there, too. You know, or whoever. I don't sure. really remember baseball. All my baseball baseball names are from the 90s. Um, or, like, yeah, I was just, like, playing football and, you know, and, and like, just throwing the ball around with Tom Brady. Um, this doesn't happen in other sports. In cycling, like, you really can – and, I mean, maybe other – racing events you could do this uh, that aren't just cycling but in the the major sports in the United States of America the big ball sports the big team sports the like major sports industrial complex like no it, it keeps ordinary people like far away from the upper tiers and in bike racing even if you are getting your socks blown off completely you can rub shoulders with some of the best people in the country or in the world and I yeah. think that's cool. I think that's so cool. Um, And I think that's, it's, it's very, it's very exciting to be racing in an environment like that.
0: Yeah. So it, it's also hard. Well, yes. Yeah. So why don't you, Uh, hmm, I don't know. I don't know if we should hear about every single event event you did, but um, I don't know. Why don't you give us some highlights? Like what, I think you had one race in particular that went, went pretty well for you. So
1: I, yeah, well, I'll, I'll just, I'll just go through it. I did three events, um, mm-hmm. which wound up basically being six races because uh, at TrackNet, so a velodrome, the, the Velo Sports Center in Los Angeles is a 250 meter velodrome and it, the turns are banked at 45 degrees and it's considered slightly a cigar shaped track. So it's, it's kind of long and thin with tight turns. Uh, compared to the track that I race at, the National Sports Center Velodrome, which is just a little bit rounder, kind of in between. Um, and then sort of on the other end of the the spectrum is the track in Rock Hill, South Carolina, where Nationals was last year, which is also a 250-meter track, but it's a little bit more bowl-shaped. The turns are sort of big and round. The straightaways are mm-hmm. short. Um, a 250-meter track, uh, per the rules can only have 24 riders in a mass start race. So for the mass start races that I was registered for, the scratch race and the points race, there were qualifiers for each of that. And that's why my, my three events were actually six events. The, the third race in there was a team pursuit, which is four riders, four kilometers, mm-hmm. as fast as you can go. And so that was a, a qualifying ride and then um, a, a final round. So uh, it was actually really nice the way the schedule was laid out for me. The Team Pursuit was the first event, um, and it's, it's tricky to put together a Team Pursuit team. Um, I had been in touch with a handful of people throughout the year trying to, trying to lock something down, and um, that didn't really work out, but I did, I did basically race, with, race a Team Pursuit with three friends, even though we wound up kind of assembling the team at the last minute. So that was really nice. Uh, the Team Pursuit is surprisingly technical. It's a really cool, it's a really cool event. Um, it's much cooler than, I don't know, than it seems, you know, the idea of like, oh, I'll just do like, it's kind of like a team time trial or whatever, but.
0: Well, this is where I would, I would advise, uh, I would break in and advise listeners to, uh, go onto YouTube and, and do a search for, you know, team pursuit, uh, you know, velodrome or, or Olympics or, or whatever, wherever they uh some to find a, a video of international level competition at the team pursuit and and just kind of sit and watch and and be amazed
1: yeah and and like if if you feel so inclined sit there with a stopwatch and like figure out how long their laps are and then just do the calculations of how fast they're going and then pick your jaw up off the floor oh yeah yeah so we would well, we didn't go, the, they... go quite that fast
0: um <laughs> well you know you, you you do what you can you
1: do what you can you do what you can um the team pursuit is pretty technical because they're you know we're, we're riding bikes with one gear no brakes of course on the track and it's so important to keep the speed up and not let it drop down and then use your power to get your speed back up rather than hold it up you know like yeah i think it's kind of entirely possible to put to put out like roughly the same amount of power but like have really different speeds you know by virtue of a ton of like little um little well, sure. this is what little tricks, what... tri- tricks and technique stuff and 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 riding a clean team pursuit yeah um,
0: yeah i mean this is what makes uh uh you know what a, a criterion that's really surgy with lots of corners or something you know a lot harder than one that's just fast a lot of the time same same effect you know if you're using if you're having to constantly accelerate back up to speed then that's you know you're gonna end up going slower probably yeah for the same power
1: yeah so we uh so so me dave DiPetrillo, mark wagner and aaron young rode this team pursuit and we uh, we put down like a a respectable time wasn't super fast um it's it always helps to have like a couple ringers who can just like really kill it and I'm not really a pursuiter. Uh right. actually, actually none of us are. Um Aaron and Mark are kind of Kieran riders. Dave is Dave Dave can can ride a good pursuit, but he's a little bit more of a of a of a mass start racer like out and out. So, you know, we definitely weren't like it, it wasn't it wasn't a team that was optimized for this event. Um my my hopes and dreams were actually to to put together a team of people who were like out and out like faster than me that i could like hang on and have a really good ride mm-hmm, sure. um well we wound up riding like a 445 which uh isn't super fast but qualified us for the bronze medal ride so in a in a pursuit tournament um basically everyone rides and then the top four times the top two go to the gold silver ride and the third and fourth go to the the bronze medal ride i i will say that uh we we would have qualified based on the number of teams that entered. We would have qualified for the bronze medal ride no matter what time we did. Yeah. So so registration for this event was a little bit light. Um,
0: so there were there were four entries there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's um,
1: right. it, yeah. That's all right.
0: That's all right. In four forty five, it, it must be said. Uh, I mean, that's that is fast by any um, kind of standard human um, definition. But but yeah, I mean the individual pursuit on on uh the international level is quite a bit faster still yes let alone the team pursuit
1: yes and you know yeah like for context uh, also you know even not at the international level but um right right there at nat's Bobby Lee did a pursuit that was faster than our team pursuit, so <laughs> there you go. Um,
0: pyramid top of the pyramid yeah. far away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, so we and then we, you know, for um, for the for a ride off in a team pursuit, uh, both teams they, they start at opposite ends of the velodrome, and you know they they can ride for time, but also like that's when it sort of becomes this. Uh, tete-a-tete race where if you catch the other team you win and you know if you're thinking uh, you know you're turning laps between you know 16 and a half and 17 and a half seconds at you know basically the the speeds that we were going so that's you know if you make up eight seconds on the other team that's a catch and you win and so one of the tactics to think about is like well if we don't think that we're going to win this round do we go out and we just try and like kill it and ride this completely unsustainable pace that like that would not allow us to finish a pursuit but we try and catch them in like the first six laps right we, we considered actually putting like sprint handlebars as opposed to time trial bars on our bikes and just going out and basically riding a team sprint trying to murder it and trying to catch the other team we decided not to we decided to like just try and ride a, a straight up uh, team pursuit um for the bronze medal ride uh which we did we went a little bit faster than we had for the for the qualifying ride um the other team was really well drilled and they were fast and they they kind of kept their their five second advantage over us they had had in the qualifying but for a good mm-hmm. for a good two kilometers it was close we were just really kind of locked on we were going fast um and then and then we lost a rider um you, you only ah. need to finish with three riders and um uh, a pretty common tactic in a team pursuit is for someone to to take a death pull, it's called, um, and sure. just just kind of light up their second or third pull, go a lap, a lap and a half, two laps maybe, instead of just taking a one lap pull. Um, really kind of bring the speed up, and then they're done. So we we lost a rider, and so we, we were we finished with the three, and um, then the other team was faster. But you know, I at first I was kind of like. I, for, for a long time only three teams were registered for the race and <laughs> I, I got kind of excited about the idea of like coming home with a medal and then sure. you know some is damn that catholic upbringing you know like you hope for something that you don't really deserve and and it's, <laughs> and it's not going to happen to you um uh and so i was like yeah i shouldn't have shouldn't have gotten my hopes about that but also like i don't i don't really care about that you know there were four teams and we, I'm not gonna be like disappointed that more people were in the race and ruined our my chance to like bring home a medal that was indicative of me not beating anybody you know so yeah. we we whatever we raced for the bronze medal and uh, that was exciting and the other team was faster and that was a um that was a fun event yeah cool so there's that I, I'm still motivated to put together like a super fast team pursuit team. For next year and, and we'll see who i can convince to be a part of that awesome yeah
0: so so all right so that's the that's the team pursuit and uh so what else what else you all said right. you had three events total
1: yeah so all right so i can't really uh i can't really just go through the events without also sort of talking about the chronology and that's you know team pursuit finished on thursday night and we, you know, uh, we had to go like back to where we were staying, and you know, leaving the track at like 10 p.m. Eat like another dinner. You know, it's it's hard to eat during these big, uh, during these big track stuff because you you kind of have to get to the track early and warm up early in the day, and then you've got this like big downtime in the middle of the day, and then this evening session starts at maybe six or seven o'clock, and you want to have had you know something more than lunch but not quite dinner and then it it runs like through dinner time until late and you have to figure out all right have i eaten enough dinner and when do i eat it because i need to go to sleep and then like wake up pretty early to do it again um and it's challenging it's not yeah it's not like the most difficult thing in the world but it's it's a funny schedule to have when you're going through like physiological athletic stress and it, it makes sleep a little bit tricky. It makes recovery a little bit tricky. And I think I've really noticed that the people who are really good at track racing, I, one of the things they need to be good at is leaving a track at 10 o'clock, 10.30, and like going right to where they're staying and figuring out how to like feed themselves and go to sleep. And they're good at like figuring out how to operate for, you know, a week or whatever on like seven hours of sleep a night and a nap somewhere during the day and figuring out like how to feed themselves at funny intervals. This, that's totally a part of the skill, part of the sort of self-management and recovery. Yeah. Um, so Thursday night, Team Pursuit final. Uh, Friday morning, scratch race qualifier. Uh, the the standard scratch race final distance is only 50 kilometers, which is 60 laps of the track. And the qualifier was 40 laps of the track. i
0: you said you said 15 kilometers? 15, yeah. Yeah. I thought that sounded a little bit like 15. I thought that can't be right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it can't be. That's a very big track.
0: It had a long race. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway.
1: Um, so the qualifier was 40 laps, which is uh, not very long at all. Um, the scratch race, uh, a scratch race in track cycling just means a race with a finish line. So it's it's kind of like a super short crit on a track. Maybe. Maybe that's a mm-hmm. decent description uh fifteen kilometers is is quite short um it's very much a under way under twenty minute long race uh and accordingly it's fast if you can imagine um i don't uh, yeah like a like a, a very short crit nah that's not even a, that's not even a particularly good but you can imagine that you know the 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 shorter the event the faster it's gonna be um and at Absolutely, at at yeah. some at some competitions uh Sprinters will enter scratch races. They'll put on a big gear and they'll just try and roll it until the end and then like launch a sprint. Um, I and I think of the scratch race as being kind of a a, an event where it's it's possible to have it be this like this showdown between sprinters and enduros. um, Where the enduros are trying to break the sprinters and the sprinters are trying to hold on. Uh, Right. In in an event like this the the actual sprinters are not not entering it in the first place they're they're focusing on the Kieran and the sprint and the team sprint um but the scratch race is a is a very it's a neat subtle race given its simplicity uh, so uh, i raced the qualifier um my goal this is, a, this is a good a good point to talk about like what what i wanted to get out of track nats, um and in order to do that, I should frame it by like backing up to the previous year when um, the my my first like race that I was focusing on in track nets was the points race. Um, there was a championship elimination earlier, uh, and I didn't do particularly well in that. It didn't matter because I was I was there for the points race, was the scratch race. I'm a mass start racer, I'm not a not a particularly good pursuer or uh, right or whatever. So uh last year in the points race, South Carolina in August has hot weather. It is known. It is it is known. It is I, known.
0: I, I I done my time in the South. I know what it's like. Yeah.
1: And so, you know, sure there were morning sessions and evening sessions and no racing in the afternoon during the real heat of the day, but like that only did so much.
0: It doesn't it doesn't cool in the Okay, so Uh, I I, I will give just some additional extra. I don't know where our listeners are from, but in in I would say most of the United States uh, in the more northerly kind of climates that, you know, it'll get hot in the middle of the day. Um, Even here in in the Great White North in Massachusetts, it will get quite hot. But then the sun starts to go down and uh, things cool off very rapidly after about, I don't know, 5 p.m. Um, four, or five PM. Uh, in in the south, that just that does not happen.
1: And uh, it almost feels like okay. So the the like heat of the sun, the, the sunshine on your skin element is taken away, and it just feels like this like humid blanket is wrapped all over you.
0: Yeah, it's rough. It's pretty bad. It's it, bad. And it, it will be. You know, I've done I've done criteriums at uh, you know six thirty, seven o'clock uh, in the evening. Um, the sun is very low. Uh, and it's still, you know, 88 degrees out. <laughs> so, uh, it's not, it's not fun. So that's, that's a very difficult, um, environment to race a bike in, especially if you're coming from, you know, having been, having been doing, I, I imagine weekend, sorry, not weekend, weeknight, uh, races at the National Sports Center <laughs> of in Minneapolis under the lights, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know in the evening where probably it's cooling down into the 70s or even high 60s a lot of the time
1: not not so much not really until like late august and september but it's certainly it it's certainly like fairly moderate hot yeah it's, it's mild it, minnesota can certainly get hot and we certainly have some like some very muggy humid hot weather in the summer but like yeah. it, it's not like oh we're up north it's like pants and occasional hoodie weather in the summer it's sure. no it's it's still sweat your balls off yeah. yeah. Um,
0: All right. So that's 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 the weather background. So maybe we should get back to the actual uh, <laughs> racing. Yeah.
1: So so points race qualifier in the morning last year again, uh, and um, that's a that's a eighty lap twenty kilometer sprints every ten laps to earn five three two and one points to the first four finishers in the sprint. Uh, if you lap the field, you get twenty points. That's those are the basic rules of the points race. Mm-hmm. The qualifier is twenty kilometers. And the final is 40 kilometers. And that's a pretty long race for a track race. Uh, um, Most of our listeners are probably a little bit more familiar with Criterium. So, like, imagine a crit where you're sprinting every three minutes. Imagine, like, one of the hardest crits that that you've done, you know, 50-minute long. And every lap or lap and a half or two laps on that crit, there is some, like, full-on supreme sprint or something. That's what that's what a points race is like. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try and tell the the context part a little bit a little bit faster so I can get to the what happened this right. year. Last year I qualified for the final and I was really proud of that because I didn't know if I would. Blah blah blah. um Something like five people took laps solo in the qualifier, so I had to like I had to oh. like earn points in order to to get the top twelve to advance to the final race. And then in, in the final race, like. I was staring down the barrel of a 40-kilometer points race, and it was hot, and I was having a hard time recovering already, and and the race was hard and fast, and maybe halfway through the race, I just started entering survival mode, and I was just hanging out, like, at the back of the pack, and there was racing going on up front or, like, something. I don't really know, but it was, like, just hard for me, and... I only lasted 130 laps of the race. I didn't finish the race. At some point I lost a lap and then I was like still like sort of on my own. Not like, not like I was in a group that was lap. Like I just lost a lap on my own. And then at some point I just decided to like get back in the group and kind of keep, keep riding, keep racing. And then at some point like there was this, this, this acceleration and I just like hopped on the wheel and I looked up and realized that I was on Bobby Lee's wheel and I was like, Oh crap. And he was, he was on his way like through the group that I was in. To, like complete a lap on the group that was like i don't know a quarter of the way up the track or, or something like that and and you know my gut instinct you know wheel goes by you get on it and you think like i have to hold this wheel I don't want to just like let a gap open right because that's that's a jerk thing to do is if if it's strung out in single file and you just like detach and you let a gap open and all the people behind you you just totally screwed them and so i was like yeah i just gotta hold this wheel gotta hold this wheel gotta hold this wheel and i realized that there was nobody on my wheel and then i realized that i was like Totally blown and like what was I doing and I just I fully blew sky high and I just dropped out of the race so yeah so so this year like I wanted to uh qualify for the scratch and the points race finals and I wanted to finish both finals those were my goals because I didn't finish the points race final last year and I was so blown and I had such a hard time recovering between like the weather and the difficulty like sleeping and eating and with that all that schedule stuff that I was talking about earlier um I wanted to do it right, and I wanted to be good at it, and I just wanted to like finish the damn races. So, uh, so. so so this year, scratch race final uh, or scratch race qualifier, um, I rolled in tenth place, fairly comfortable, fairly easy, great, um, and then got to got to like sit around and rest and recover and eat some stuff and think about the final on Friday night, and the the final started and it was fast. It's a 15-kilometer race, like I said. Not super long, um, quite fast. And one of the things that I do when I'm racing above my head is I think race like you're afraid of getting dropped. And that will ensure, if you've got the the right head on your shoulders about it, that will ensure that you're racing really conservatively and you're not being stupid and using energy when you shouldn't, when other people should be using energy. Yeah. So... I'm doing this thing where I'm like hanging out, kind of like middle back of the pack, and there are just all these accelerations all over the place. And you know, my my impulse always is to look around. You know, if we're if we're if we're doing that thing where like a, a bunched up pack kind of filters out and funnels down into single file, I'm always looking to accelerate a little bit more slowly than the people around me, so that I can accelerate like into their draft as they're coming around me and get up to speed and have like a longer time to get up to speed. Sort of the track version of the the fade on hills where you
0: yeah, sad where, climbing.
1: Yeah. yeah where you start at the front and then you drift to the back of the pack over the course of the climb so basically like you've gone up it slower than everybody else so i i accelerate slower than everyone else in order to use a little bit less energy um at some point maybe a third of the way into the race all these are just estimates because i don't really like match match up tactical situations with laps very well when I'm just focused on the wheel in front of me, but uh, four riders slip away. Um, I don't remember which four, but I remember like looking up the road and seeing kind of the right kits and thinking like, all right, that's a, that's a respectable move. Um, We chased and we chased and then we brought them back. And then like, like right next to me, uh, Bobby attacks. And I, I, again, I don't remember exactly where in the race it was. Um, but he went solo. There, there, and there was a, a furious chase. I'm pretty sure he was solo. He could have been with somebody else, but I'm pretty sure he was solo. Sure. And there was a furious, furious chase that was fast. And on the track kind of the way it works and this is sort of similar to stuff on the road is that you know there's there's the people who are there like fully enthused and committed to the chase at the front. And at the back, there's just like a little bit of chaos and gaps opening and people getting blown. And panic. And panic. Yeah. yeah, panic. And it's, you know, the difference between, you know, on the track and the road. On the track, it's, it's, there's 20-something riders, and it's just single file. And on the road, at some point, there's a bubble back there. It's, it's pretty rare that you've got like single file like all the way, like dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of people deep in a road race. Yeah. Um, on the track, it was it was pretty much just like single ass file and and it was hard because yeah at, at the back gaps were opening because riders were just getting blown by the relentless speed of this chase and again like a lot of my race was was figuring out like when and how i was going to jump around these gaps and it was hard you know because it's just closing gaps at well over 30 miles an hour and It just added up and it added up and it added up. And at some point, this is like one of the things that I remember most about the race. At some point, I thought, that's it. That's the last one. I am blown. I can't close any more gaps or deal with any more accelerations right now. And right at that moment, I'm not sure what happened up at the front, but the pace eased. For like a straightaway, for like 100 meters, the pace eased. And that right there was the moment when, like, I was able to recover enough that I knew I would be able to finish the race. And it just came so much at the perfect time that it actually made me feel pretty good about myself because I was like, all right, I was at the end of my rope, like, right there, right in that last lap. And so was Hmm. everybody else. That's good. Yeah. So I I got comfortable enough to – there was a a nice big chunk of laps – where at some point in in the, the late middle or the middle late of the race where I was able to kind of get into that, that gatekeeping position where the rotation is happening in front of me. All the chaos is happening behind me and every time someone pulls off from the chase, I can just like ease up and let them in in front of me. That's just a really nice place to be. It's a little bit... Some people don't always know what you're doing when you when you let this gap open and tell them to fill it. Um, and other people know immediately what's going on and it's good. It's good for everybody. You know, if someone who's part of the committed chase, they don't want to go all the way back and have to like work their way through the chaff.
0: Um, usually the experienced guys know what's going on, but yeah,
1: I think that people sure as hell should know what's going on if somebody does that to them. Yeah. So that was, that was a good, that was a good place to be. I think that happened after that, like that moment of easing. um, and and while while I was able to like catch my breath, get a little bit of a second wind. Again, this is all happening in like I don't know, 18 minutes or whatever. Like this is not not a lot of time here. Um well, while I was able to like get that second wind and and got a little bit of like a comfortable few laps in that like gatekeeper position. Again, it was just like hard and fast and I was focusing on the wheel in front of me and I don't really know what the tactical situation was. I don't remember. Like I said, you know, I wasn't sure if Bobby Lee was away solo or what. Um, and I don't know how long he was there for. I'm, like, pretty sure. This is the story that I told myself is that, like, he was away and we were chasing. Sure. And and then at some point, you know, he came back. I don't really know what was happening. Uh, I was able to put piece a couple facts together from, you know, some video and, and uh, photographs later that, you know, a couple people were, like, not far off the front. Uh, but from, from my point of view, you know, when it came down to it, uh, I knew that we were riding into the last the last handful of laps with not that many people left in the race. Um, I couldn't count. Not like I tried and I couldn't, but like I didn't really have the entire mental wherewithal just to be able to like look around and be like, okay, this is a dozen people. But it was about a dozen people, um, and I was just thinking like, I just gotta like hold this wheel and ride it in, and like I'm really happy about this result. That's that's what I know, and. What I realized eventually happened was with about two or two and a half to go, there was a, a big acceleration from Jacob During and Zach Kowalczyk. And that was that was basically like the final sprint was this long sprint that started with this huge fierce acceleration and punched a big hole in the field. Um and I, I just knew that we were we were galloping after them and uh and I'm just sticking on the wheel of this one guy, Ian Holt, and I'm thinking like I just wanna like ride this wheel in and I'm happy. And this other really fast teenager from Oregon Kent Ross, it comes around me and I thought like, maybe I can get on his wheel. And I was just like, nope, you're just riding this in. Like you're, I was just holding on to a fraying rope at that point. Um, and I, we wound up, you know, coming around turn four on the last lap and I was able to out sprint the wheel in front of me and I didn't know how many people were in front of me. And all I thought at the end of this race was, I think I got a top 10 and that was just huge for me because, you know, I wanted to qualify for the race. That was my first goal. And then I wanted to finish the race. That was the second goal. And so a top ten was kind of like, like huge, it's all bonus. like 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 all bonus and like a bonus that I didn't really think that I would be able to accomplish. You know, it was kind of like if if everything goes right for me, I think I could. I think I could like maybe like survive and like tailgun and dangle my way to a top ten, and that would be just peaches and cream for old Mattio. And so I got off my bike and Heidi my sweetheart was there like, "Oh, I'm so proud of you." Like that was so great. And I was like, "Yeah, I think like I think I got a top 10." Holy crap, that's awesome. And then like a half an hour later, they put the results up and I saw that I finished in 6th place. I was that's like way more than a top 10. Yeah. And
0: just off the extended podium.
1: Just off the extended podium. And <laughs> like I you know, I'm not I'm not here to pump myself to pump myself up. I I in order for that to happen like like so many things went right you know like that that moment when the chase eased for a half a lap like if that didn't if that happened a lot later i would not have finished the race i think and
0: but you know i mean though though you know all these things went right et cetera et cetera i mean that happens at, at you know the the very front of the race too like the you know the guy the guy who won the race you know would probably say you know well everything went just right <laughs> yeah like a lot of things if this hadn't happened then you know maybe he would have gotten second or third instead of first but you know like it's 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 further up you know this pyramid you're talking about but that's i think that's the case for everyone who enters a a race who has a shot at a given result is things have to go a certain amount of right so i I think that you you know you can take credit you can take credit for being able to exploit the opportunities that came your way
1: yeah, but you know what what and the the reason that I was able to do that is cuz I totally went in thinking like I need to save every ounce of energy to get to the end of the race. And yeah. and I one of the things that I think is that I'm I'm kind of an underpowered bike racer in com- compared to some of the people that I race against. Uh and I think yeah. that I I need to have just all these little tips and tricks and maybe like weasily all this stuff from the like weaselly obnoxious racer playbook in order to save energy to make it to the end and and be able to have uh, an end game that i can do um and I, I really believe you know looking at the list of people who finished behind me or who dropped a lot of those people are faster bike racers than me but in in this race this race i just did like like everything kind of went my way and sixth place at a national championship event is like hot shit for me uh <laughs> I feel yeah. I feel awesome about it and I feel like it's not entirely repeatable and I feel like it it might be you know the the highlight of my cycling career. Obviously I'm gonna work for for yeah, other we'll for other great rides and great performances but I don't know if any of them are ever gonna look as good on paper as this one does.
0: Well, I'd li- I'd like and in, in, um yeah, well, yeah. Congratulations on that. Seriously, I mean, it's just an epic, epic result against some seriously fast, seriously fast people. And seriously and people. you know, no matter what you think, I'm not I'm not sure that you can uh, disclaim being uh, sort of a, a local track stud uh, <laughs> any longer. You know, <laughs> when you go to nationals, when you go to nationals and and come back with a sixth place. Uh, you know, it's it's. <laughs> there's a point where it's false modesty. I, I think that maybe the. Uh, I think that maybe. Maybe the cover uh, image for this episode uh, should should be that photo of you after this scratch race, just lying on the infield, uh, <laughs> looking dazed. <laughs> Apparently, in in a combination of just utter exhaustion and, and disbelief because it's sort of it's sort of uh i don't know i i guess that's like the bike racing photo uh it it just it ticks those boxes those those boxes of i have never been so tired in my entire life and holy shit what did i just do
1: yeah and that and that was that was the feeling and it's interesting you know the the fatigue the fatigue wasn't like my legs are aching it it was like a very internal kind of fatigue Mm -hmm. you know like really like heart hammering uh whole body shaking, but, but the legs, and, and maybe this is a testament to the fact that like my, my preparation and my like resting before a big event went really well. My legs felt like good, you know? I mean, I was able, yeah. when, when I was at that point where I was like, this is the last gap I can close. And it turned out to be able to like keep on closing other little gaps. Like the legs were there for me. Yeah. Um, so that was, yeah. that was, that was great. So at that point in the trip, you know, like first mass start race down, unexpectedly good result i was thinking like well i could be buying rounds at the bar right now like yeah this this trip has been a success like here and now but again like going back to that crazy schedule thing like we had to go back and like eat and sleep and like sleep you know sleep is so important for rest and recovery um and so is time like you know i, I needed to like cool down and spin my legs out and then the next morning like slowly slowly warm up um because the points race was just Boom! Like the next day, it was like less than twelve hours later, I was racing the points race qualifier.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, and and big track races are just kind of relentless. It's just like keep going. There's there's more to do.
0: Yeah, not a lot of time to savor it.
1: Not not a lot of time to savor it. Um, well,
0: we're we're running low on time. If you want to um just I don't know, kind of give us a, a summation of of how the points race went for you and and I don't know the trip as a whole
1: yeah so the points race is a, is a much shorter story uh the qualifier went well I was in a group of like I, I like chased down a move or like bridged to a move that wound up glomming on like eight guys and dropping everyone else so we didn't so much take a lap as we forced a whole bunch of other people down a lap um so that was, was not an easy qualifier because it was it was hard you know we were we were going fast to kind of arm wrestle those other guys but mm-hmm. it, after that, you know, 10 laps of effort, and I was able to, like, chill out for the rest of the race. So I qualified for the points race final. And, again, there's, like, another goal, uh, another, another checkbox on that goal list ticked off. But the big one, you know, looming down is 160 laps of points races. And, you know, earlier I, I described it as, like, the, the craziest crit if there's, like, a sprint, you know, every less than three minutes, you know. So just, yeah. say, just say every two laps there's, like, a preem sprint and a crit. Um, and at this point you know it's it's the end of three days of racing and it's the biggest longest hardest race and the one that i'm also emotionally like a little bit daunted about uh Mm -hmm. since i didn't finish it last year so i think it's a lot easier to get to the end of a fast 60 lap race than to get to the end of a fast 160 lap race um and and pretty immediately i was hurting and i you know when you a watch pot never boils, and I was just looking at the lap counter. Just too much. Yeah. Just too much. Know that feeling. Yeah, and uh, and I haven't entirely like found the words for the experience yet. But I was just like, like waiting and hoping, and again, like like closing all those gaps and just trying to stay there. I did not get myself. I I was close to sprints a couple times where I could have put in a big effort in order to get points, but nope. Don't want to don't want to expend energy like that. The the depth of discomfort uh, just started getting like like deeper and newer and more unusual experiences of, of deep, deep pain in the points race. And I was mm. – it got to the point where I, I just relied on um, what I had told myself earlier. You know, there are these times in, in bike racing or other stuff where you think like, crap, I just want to drop out. I think I'm gonna do that, and then you just check the file. What does the file say? No, the file says I really want to finish this race. I will be unhappy with myself if I don't stay in it. All right, well you gotta do what the file says, buddy. You just stick to the file. (laughs) That happened, and the other thing is that you know when I'm tired, I'm really, really susceptible to suggestion. And a buddy in the race just had a couple words of encouragement for me, like right at the right moment. I don't know if he just like looked at my face or if he looked at like a little gap I left open. And he just said, like, come on, buddy, just keep the racing. Yeah, we're going to do it. And I was like, oh, I got to keep doing it, man. All right. <laughs> um, that and I saw this guy who I had actually just met. Um, he's the partner of uh, someone else that I know and a coach and an all-around super nice guy. And I saw him on the apron a couple times. And I don't remember if he, like, said something encouraging to me or if we just made, like, eye contact and I interpreted something encouraging but i was definitely like oh michael thinks i could do it. i gotta keep on doing it you know um just there have been times in bike races where i've been really deep in the hole and like someone leaning over the boards yelling my name like just focuses me and brings me like kind of back to life and and really motivates me and so yeah you know love your bike racers because when they're suffering god yelling their name can do can do wonders And, you know, 120 laps to go, I was suffering. 80 laps to go, I was suffering. About 60, I got a second win, but that didn't last too long. And from like 40, like, I remember like 20 laps to go. Oh, God, it took forever. 20 laps to go, I was like, I I made it this far. I can make it the rest of the way. And every single lap there was torture. Like, my feet hurt. My hands were falling asleep. You know, there are these Uh, these tight radius turns, and we're whipping through them at, however many kilometers per hour and you know over and over again it just it slams you into your handlebars and into your saddle you got some g's yeah Yeah. Yeah. um and 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 yeah and like deep into the race something i'd never experienced before on a track bike my ass fell asleep like it hurt (laughs) man my ass hurt so much from i have this little time trial saddle for reasons and the g-forces <laughs> and the turns on a tighter track than I'm used to riding and the length of the race all compiling. And and I'm there, you know, like bike races, we talk about suffering. Like I was there. I was fully in like suffer survival mode. And even as it got down to like 10 laps to go, I was like only one more sprint. Like there's only – I don't have to hold on for very much longer. Five laps to go, even two laps to go, I was not certain that I would finish the race. Two laps to go, I was not certain I would finish the race. And then I, and then I did and I was able to stop turning my legs so damn fast and it was a great sense of accomplishment. I was very tired and very much in pain. I've described it as, you know, when you're watching like a submarine movie and the, some warning lights are going and like the whole submarine is flashing red and your eyes are flashing red and everyone's running down these crowded hallways yelling at each other and water's coming in from somewhere and everything's flashing red. Like that's what was going on with me emotionally. Yeah. Um, and that—that's actually when that picture of me lying on the ground was taken. It was right so after the one, points race. Well, yeah. But like, so I finished 17th out of 24 with no points, and damn it, I am fully proud of that because that was the hardest athletic thing that I have ever done. It was—it was very difficult, and that was also at that point that was like 85 kilometers of track racing in like 36 hours between the scratch and the points race. That's a—that's a. Sure. That's a bunch of high speed racing you know almost all of that was conducted at you know 30 miles an hour yeah and uh, the
0: you know that kind of extra extra level of track brutality where you know even when you're kind of doing that track coasting thing even
1: even your when legs you're legs floating turning. and still every 10 laps you know there's a sprint and nobody wants yeah. to like even if people aren't sprinting no one wants to let the sprint like go away because that can really be the the springboard for a a move that can take a lap if if you let it a sprint can get half a lap on the field so everyone's like trying to keep that in in connection so we're every like i said every two and a half minutes we're we're doing a a pretty like all-out sprint at you know 36 37 miles an hour even in the back of the field or more yeah just in order to stay connected and that's happening all the time
0: yeah well that's it's quite a trip i you know I gotta say, I gotta say, man, uh, super proud of you, buddy. I, it's pretty, uh, pretty awesome riding, and you know, kind of, uh, kind of inspiring too. Maybe you know, part part of that's like, yeah, man. Uh, part of part of that, I guess, is uh, <laughs> a little bit of competitiveness. Well, I want to be fast like Matty. <laughs> why is why is my co-host so much faster? This is a problem.
1: It's because <laughs> so, I have like a killer track to race on, and yeah that we didn't, we didn't let it be closed this past year. And yeah. I, I've, well, been, you know, I've been, I've been really motivated artists. by like, by like good teammates and a supportive sweetheart and a really great track community. I mean, some of my rivals are uh, locally are such, such inspiring like athletes and really great people too. You know, like it's really yeah. nice when, when the, you know, the, the four top dogs at the track are like a really good friend, uh, a good friend who's like a really good friend of some other really good friends and like a total sweetheart, and nice guy. And then this like, like excellent super nice like firefighter sweetheart masters world record holder guy like it's just it's such a happy scene to be racing bikes in and it it inspires me to like work really hard and get better and and beat these athletes that i'm that i really admire and that just that does a lot for me yeah yeah Yeah.
0: well i think that's a show
1: that's the show. Thanks for. I really appreciate the fact that you know you wanted to like talk about these races with me, and I I, I hope I, I'm a I, I'm a little bit like cautious about feeling like kind of self indulgent about you know because I did the whole like Twitter Facebook Instagram thing about about my trip and and I'm I'm proud of what happened and and what I did and I don't want to like tire uh, too many people out with too many too many stories about it. Um, but so I appreciate that you wanted to like sit down and and hear how it went and. And unhappy. i did
0: and well you know i think that i think that uh you know track racing's uh a little fringe and i think it's you know a nice opportunity for uh the folks listening to to hear about what it's like to you know to go to a high level event in that discipline uh and and participate in that
1: yeah so, and I, I, all... I also just want to like take that opportunity to say that i think people really ought to try racing on the track uh it's really cool it's uh tracks are a little bit different and that some people are a little bit intimidated by them but if there's a velodrome within you know an hour or two of driving distance of you i think you should take the opportunity to go you know there is an intro class take it ride the track um i can almost guarantee you that you can go fast enough to not fall off of it uh it's mm-hmm. it's such a cool experience um and i think it's such a great way to race regularly and to learn how to race you know you go to a, a night of track racing and you've got three races and you get to watch like all the studs have their races too. And so you, yeah. you learn about it, you uh you can you can watch it happen. You can see it happen right in front of you. And um and it's it's a it's a totally new kind of racing for a lot of people and I think it can teach people a lot about racing. And it's it's a ton of fun. And it's also if you're if you're time crunched, if you don't have the time to to get the kind of fitness you need for three hour road races, you know track races are are short and they're dynamic, and there's always something happening. You know, if you're racing against 20 people, it, it's it's it, there's no like sit around and like noodle around and do nothing until you sprint. It's 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 like the most exciting 15 minutes of a great crit. Yeah. Um, and it and it's like it's you're there. You know, you're racing in small exciting fields, and uh, it's 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 superb. It's we we've got maybe 25, 26 tracks in this country. Uh, i listeners go get on a track bike. it's cool if you haven't done it yet um then it's definitely something that that should be should be sort of on your on your bucket list add another add another arrow to your quiver um and yeah. uh hop on a yeah, track bike hop on a track
0: my my one day my my one day like six years ago on uh, a track on a, a on a crappy converted uh, fixed gear with like fat tires on it. Uh <laughs> was was super fun. Uh I'd like to do it again. Um okay, so I've been Greg and you've been Matty-O. Yeah. Where can where can people get in touch with you, man?
1: Well, you know, feel free to tweet at me at underscore Matty-O. That's M A T T I O on the Twitter. I also got the like, you know, Instagram account if you want to like look at pictures or whatever, but that's not so that's not so, so much a big yeah. deal. You're, you're Greg, and you're at Grolby on Twitter. and I am. And we are the Working Man's Honest Bicycle Program, and we've been some Working Man's Honest Bicycle Riders today. Yeah, t-
0: tweet at tweet us. Uh, we're at uh, underscore WHBP uh, on Twitter. Uh, email us. Tell us tell us what you think, whether good or bad, uh, at Honest Bike Program. Uh, at gmail.com we had a listener by the way thanking us for uh, coming to the defense of uh, TJ Van Garderen at the Tour de France um, oh so, nice you know, glad, that, uh, glad that you appreciate it you know poor guy etc etc um, yeah and uh, you know leave us a review on iTunes helps us out yeah and and, and yeah I think uh, we'll, you know and and thanks for sticking with us and uh, on the off chance that you weren't that uh, excited by the track racing story so you should have been uh we'll be back next week so we'll see you then
1: yeah tune in next time (laughs) all right night everyone